welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, and welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. This is episode 222. Usually we have our Mom of the Month Award episodes on Fridays, but due to scheduling, you're going to get it today, on Tuesday. Woohoo! I have an incredible, incredible mom for you that was nominated by somebody that doesn't know her in person, but follows her online and has just been so impressed, and that is Casey Case. We're going to talk about our commonality of three boys, our commonality of being former teachers, and she's going to talk about the health scare that changed everything for her family. I'm so impressed. Also, be sure to stick around at the end of the episode where I'm going to tell you about Pleasant Pictures Music Club. If you like the intro music or you're doing any type of project where you need some background music that is royalty-free, Pleasant Pictures Music Club might be the place for you. So stick around to the end of the episode to hear more about that offering. All right, let's get to my great conversation with Casey Case. All right, I want to welcome Casey Case to the show. Hi, Casey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for calling. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're our Extraordinary Mom of the Month award winner. Yay. Amazing. Yeah. So super kind. Oh, that's so fun. Where am I speaking to you from today? Um, from Austin. Austin. I love Austin. I have a son named Austin. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's a good, good town. It totally is. Well, you had somebody nominate you, Liz, who's never met you, but she wanted to nominate you anyway for this award. So I'm just going to go ahead and read that nomination for you. Okay. I want to nominate Casey. We haven't met in real life, but I know she is an extraordinary mom from what she shares on Instagram. She has three young boys, one of whom has diabetes. Casey often shares when life gets tough and how they work through it. She often takes her boys on fun adventures in nature, and it always makes me want to do the same. Oh, and for several years, she's running her own small business as well. I love that Casey shares the good stuff, the hard stuff, and she has a pretty great sense of humor as well. Those are all great things, Casey. Isn't that the nicest? It's like the kindest most genuine confidence boost. It is. It is. And I love that she's affirming you for the regular things. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. I love real life. Yeah. And when you when somebody doesn't know you in real life, a lot of times they are kind of putting you up on this pedestal of perfection. And I love that you've been able to communicate with real authenticity your version of motherhood and that's really appealing to her and now to all of us as well. Thanks for saying that. Liz is a um a custo- she was a customer of mine when I had my little t-shirt business, oh. and the, my very favorite part of the t-shirt business was that so many people became real friends, and even if we haven't met in real life, we like touch base regularly, and she's just so kind. That is amazing. Well, I want to hear a little bit more about your motherhood journey. I have three boys as well, so this is a fun bond that now we have. Cool. Yeah, yeah. so just tell me about yourself and your family. So we have, my husband Tim and I have three sons. Um, Eddie is our oldest and he's six. And then Rocky is three and Ray um, turned one on Christmas Eve. So there's about a two and a half year um, age gap between each boy. Um, we've, we had three successful and kind of uneventful home births um, here at our home in Austin. And um 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a roller coaster, as any mom could say. I think that um, transitioning to two kiddos was my biggest challenge yet. Three kind of felt like a walk in the park in comparison. Um, When we had Rocky, uh, Eddie was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when Rocky went, or three weeks before I found out I was pregnant with Rocky, rather. So found out he was uh, had type 1 diabetes Three weeks later, find out we're pregnant with our second. And so kind of tried to um, learn the ropes of that through a pregnancy. And then now I also have a two and a half year old with diabetes to take care of in addition to an infant. So that was that was definitely like the part of motherhood that rocked my world the hardest. For sure. Um, And the more I'm learning about diabetes, I mean, I just feel like there's a lot we don't know. We kind of have a certain stereotype of older people, overweight people, things like that. And the more I'm talking to women who have healthy, vibrant children that get very sick very quickly and then suddenly their world is rocked. Is that kind of what happened to you? Totally. Um, And I'm the same as you. I knew nothing. I mean, I knew nothing. I have family members who are older who have type 2 diabetes. Uh And so we had been kind of scratching our heads. We'd been traveling a lot. Um, It was October of 2013. We'd been traveling a lot that month, and he kind of just kept getting sick. And it was like, is he tired? What's going on? Is it because we're traveling so much? Um, And so we kept calling our nurse while we were out of town and we were both just scratching our heads. And then finally we got back into town. I took him into the pediatrician on a Monday and I rattled off all these things. Like he's really grumpy and sometimes he has a fever, but it never sticks around. And sometimes he's vomiting, but that doesn't stick around. And then like kind of as an afterthought, I said, um, Oh, and he's just peeing a ton. I mean, he's saturating his overnight diapers in two hours time. Hmm. And our pediatrician said, um, does anyone in your family have type 1 diabetes? And I said, no, um, there are people in my family with type 2 diabetes. She said, well, let's test his blood sugar. And so she brought the meter in and tested him, and it, it was his blood sugar was 544. And what's and normal? I don't even know. A, I didn't know either. A normal range is like 80 to 100. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, and, and I had no idea. And so I said, I, I said exactly what you just said. I said, wow. what's normal? Yeah. And she told me, and I, my next response was, how do we make it go away? Mm. And she said, you don't. And she started crying. Our pediatrician started crying. And I'm looking at her, not, I'm not realizing the gravity of the situation. Um, thankfully, had I been realizing the gravity of the situation, I probably would have been freaking out a lot more. But um, I'm looking at her going, oh, my God, why does she have tears in her eyes? Mm. And she said, um, can you go to the hospital right now? And I said, can I go home and pack a bag? She said, yeah. Uh, can I go pick my husband up from work? And she said, yeah, but you need to hurry. What? And I was like, uh, uh, wow. okay. I, call, I called my husband and I said, Eddie has diabetes. I, we have to go to the emergency room right now. And so we came from like baseline zero to being in the hospital for four days and leaving like knowing all that we could possibly know in four days time and, and feeling, um, certainly feeling like our world had been rocked. I, I used to say that I felt like the parenting rug got ripped out from under me. There was no more spontaneity of like running out to chase the ice cream truck or, you know, anything fun like that. But 
the more it's gone on, it's become our rhythm. And that's not to say that um, we're not working very hard every day. It's just, it's just our new normal. And that's what the doctors in the ER kept saying is that this is your new normal. Um, and now what, what I say to new parents who I'm connected with through social media, who are in the same boat that I was in four years ago, um, I say, I cannot tell you it will get easier, but I can tell you that you will get better Mm. and your responses will get better. So it's just, it's a whole lot of work. Um, and it, it happens in the same time that we're breathing and then in the same time that our heart is beating. And so it really is just our rhythm that we're just constantly doing. And so it kind of, um, from the outside, it appears to be just normal. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's hard work. I just, this moment posted on my Instagram stories that, we kicked that last night when we dosed for pizza. Pizza is a really hard meal to dose insulin for. It's just oh. a really unpredictable thing, and we just nailed it. And so it's those little vic- those little victories that just make you go like, all right, all right, I, you know, that was a win. So that is amazing. I love those small victories. Good job. Totally. I mean, I feel like as a mom, sometimes you're tasked with becoming a profession you never thought. So like literally, right. you've gotten a crash course in nursing, and you're right. in charge of essentially keeping your child alive. I mean, we all are, but to a different degree. And I am curious to know, how long did it take you to kind of reach your new normal? Was there like a turning point where you found you were more secure with the information? He was more used to it, you know? Yeah. Was there kind of a settling in period? Yeah, when you're first diagnosed, and like you said, you're you're tasked with keeping your child alive. um, I think that that four days that we were in the hospital was such a range of that. It was at first like, Oh my God, how are we going to, how are we going to go home with syringes and vials, vials of insulin and do this. And then by day four, I was like, all right, it's math. Like it's just numbers and I'm pretty good at math. So I think I can figure this out. So we left feeling really confident. And when you, when you go home at first, you're calling your child's endocrinologist every day. Wow. Um, and saying, this is what he ate. This is what we dosed. These were his numbers. And you have, you maintain that relationship of calling every day until you're comfortable enough letting it go. Whoa. So it was, it was a couple months of us calling in every day and saying, this is how many carbs he ate at breakfast. This is how many carbs he ate at lunch. This is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was a couple months of doing that. And then I I think that when Rocky was born, we were certainly more well-versed in, in how to take care of him. But I remember nursing a screaming newborn while trying to, like, fumble a test strip to test his blood sugar and poke his finger and being like, oh, my God, this is like a huge, giant loop we were just thrown through. Mm. Um So one year, we hit the one-year landmark, and it was like, okay, we have gone through all of the holidays. We have gone through all of the milestones. Um, So after a year, it was like, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. And then every year that's passed um, just feels like more celebratory when we come upon that. It's called your diversary, the day you were diagnosed. So every, every day that we come upon that, it's like, all right, we're, we are one year better at this. Amazing. And well, and I love how you said, like the transition happened as you were breathing, as you were living. And, and I think that's so true. Sometimes we don't realize how much progress we're making and how much we're learning and how much we're really 
doing it because we're just doing it. We're just doing just it. Just doing it. Day to yeah. day. And I love that you're giving yourself credit credit for the pizza win after all of these years of doing right. this it's still a big deal and you could yeah. completely ignore like, oh yeah, this is just what we do. So should I really be even celebrating myself for being able to do this? Yes, yeah. you should. And I think we all yeah. should in our own little ways. You know, when uh, a minute ago you said um, when you're, you're given this task of keeping your kid alive, which like you said, we all are. I mean, yeah. You probably felt the same way when you had your first son's first birthday. You go, okay, I kept him alive for a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, milestone, yes. yes. And then you have your second kid, and you still feel that way. Like, okay, I've kept two of them alive, right. and they had clean diapers all day or whatever, whatever your victory is for that day. But ultimately, when we were released from the hospital, um, the endocrinology ward at our children's hospital in Austin um, is right next to the oncology ward. And so we're sharing space with kiddos with cancer. And I remember leaving home feeling such gratitude that I could keep him alive at home, that we weren't, that we weren't tethered to a machine or we weren't tethered to the hospital. And so ultimately, ultimately we left feeling just so grateful and um and we still feel that way you know we have our really hard days where we just want to you know cuss it all to heck but um but yeah ultimately we feel so grateful that we are given that gift and that there is almost always an answer at our fingertips Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm glad that he, that both of your kids are doing so well and that you figured this out so well that you can reach a new normal and you can live life in a different way. And maybe the spontaneity is gone and maybe easy pizza nights are not a thing that's a part of your family. But the fact you could even have a pizza night and the fact that you can do anything is a huge, huge win and so inspirational to those that, that watch you. That's incredible. Thanks. What would you say that this trial in motherhood in general has, how has that changed you as a person? How are you different now? Uh, um, I think that I, one of the biggest motherhood lessons I've learned was during my first labor when um, I was, after Eddie was born, um, the midwife was at the house a few days later for a checkup and I said, you know, I was ready to quit. I was ready to say, just put me in your truck and take, take me to the <laughs> hospital and cut him out. I was just ready to quit. And um, I didn't want to say those words to you. I didn't want to say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And as soon as I opened my mouth to say those words, um, it was done. And he came out. Huh. And she looked at me and she said, um, that's motherhood. That's motherhood. Like when you get to your breaking point and you're about to throw your hands in the air and say, I can't do it. I'm done. It's over. And they do something like they hug you or they make you laugh or they make you proud or you have a victory. Something happens that that lets up and lets you know that you are doing it and you are successful. And I think that I mean, that when she said that, it just like nestled inside my heart and it speaks to every aspect of motherhood. It speaks to parenting a child with, um, a fragile medical condition or parenting three children, parenting, how, whatever your mothering challenge is, it speaks to that still. Um, and so it's just like, okay, just keep your head down and keep working because if this is as hard as it's going to get, it's going to let up soon. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's still how I feel is just 
we're just going to be really hard workers. We're just really, just really hard workers. Love that. So Amazing. It's amazing. What is your favorite part of motherhood? I was a teacher before I was a mom. I was a teacher, a third grade teacher for seven years. And I think that my favorite part of teaching is also my favorite part of motherhood. And it's just getting to spend the day with young brains. Young mm-hmm. brains amaze me. It amazes me that babies are born to learn. You don't have to teach them to learn. They want to learn to talk and they want to learn to walk. And, they, you know, they want to just learn how to be a grown-up human. And then then they evolve into, you know, now my six-year-old is just asking tons of questions as they do and learning things on his own and discovering things on his own. And so I think my favorite part of motherhood is just getting to watch young brains develop. It's the coolest gift. That is so fun. I was a teacher as well. Third grade too. Oh, cool. yeah. oh my gosh. Yes. Right. So fun. It is, it is so fun. And it is really exciting to see what they're able to take in and in the way that they take it in. It's, it's crazy. I always say though, if I were to go back to teaching, I would do it so much different, especially with homework now. Now knowing totally. me sitting with my kids after school, trying to complete mundane really senseless homework. (laughs) Like I would never, all these projects, like I would never do this to parents again. (laughs) I said exactly the same. And you know, I don't know if I could go back to teaching mentally with three young children. I just don't know if I would have the capacity for all that patience. Yes. Um, But yes, I have said exactly the same. I would, I would rethink my homework policy and I would, I would give parents a lot more credit. I think I would, Instead of saying, like, this is your kid and this is what what's going on and these are the challenges, I would be giving parents a lot more credit that, like, okay, behind the scenes, no matter how we feel, I know that they're all working their butts off because Absolutely. that's just what we all are doing. Yes, and whenever I sent a note home saying, you know, a little infraction that happened during the day – I would think about how that parent might receive it the way that I'm saying it. Before, I was just yeah. like, this is what happened. So talk to them about this. Right. But now I know, like, it's not that black and white. We need to give totally. a lot more compassion for the children's behavior totally. not being a reflection of the parents. And that's kind of how totally. I viewed it before. <laughs> Hopefully they had grace for me as well. Just like, Live oh, young so. teacher, so. young childless teacher. Yes. So we just covered the best part. What's the hardest part for you? I mean, patience, patience, mm-hmm. patience is something that I am, I'm, I'm always asking for more of, um, and we, I have great days where I just like keep it together. And then I have days where I'm like, I have, I have to walk outside. I have to walk away from you right now. Um, yeah. patience is a challenge. And at the end of the day, when we're exhausted, my husband and I will sit down on the couch and we'll like recap or we'll say, oh my gosh, or you know, whatever we have to say about the day and we'll have to constantly remind each other. We have three young kids. Mm -hmm. Like this is an extraordinary challenge. Um, whether it be a professional athlete or a doctor (sighs) or a scientist or Beyonce, whoever is the best at their job is working really hard at it. So let's just keep working really hard at it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Even Beyonce has to work hard. There's no reason we should get off scot-free. She's working her butt off, that's for sure. I've never heard anyone reference Beyonce in my podcast. This is so good. (laughs) Liz mentioned that you used to have, and you mentioned that you used to have a t-shirt business. What Mm -hmm. kind of business are you running now? So I um, had a screen printing t-shirt business. I started it when Eddie was one because I wanted to make him a 
t-shirt for his first birthday, a special t-shirt. And then I opened up a little Etsy shop and then it got a little bigger. And so I opened up like my own little online shop, um, and loved it for a really long time. When Rocky was born, I was rocking it. I was like, I had him on my back and I was screen printing shirts with him on my back in the, in the ergo. Um, and then when Ray came, it was just no more time. And I started having uh, a company here in Austin screen print my stuff for me. And then just the business management of it and the um, shipping and all of that stuff was just too much. And so I very like gratefully said goodbye to it. I wasn't I wasn't sad to say goodbye to it. I was so grateful for people like Liz who became friends um so grateful for what it did for our family and um I just was really happy to to be done with it so right now I am working on um finding my groove as a mom of three truly that's the only thing I'm doing right now um and our family is in a little bit of a transition right now we actually just sold our house big transition yeah (laughs) yeah um so we are kind of waiting. I always talk about rhythm. Like we're kind of waiting to reestablish this rhythm of like this transition um, and all of that. So yeah, it felt really good to step away from business and I would love to be able to find a way to incorporate that creativity again somehow. But for right now, I'm okay with, with taking a break. I love that. I love that you're willing to put aside something, at least for a season. Who knows what the future will hold? Right. But I think that sometimes we cling so tightly and then get resentful if we do have to step away or re-envision or whatever, something that we really love to do. When we let the resentment fester, that's not serving anybody. We just are no longer doing the thing and our kids and family suffer. But to be willing to say, in this time, we're establishing new rhythms. I love that. And it's kind of like the metaphor of planting seeds and harvesting seeds. And so you're kind of just in a growth stage of just kind of resting and waiting for the new things to unearth. Um, And not every, not every season is a harvesting season. And we kind of forget that. Yep. Yep. You're really right. And it's, I mean, truly to be connected. I know a lot of people like dog on social media and the kind of comparison spiral that we can fall into sometimes but truthfully what I get from it is this amazing um, network of moms saying what you just said just ride this season and and harvest when it's time to harvest and nurture when it's time to nurture and find your creativity elsewhere maybe right now your creativity is just in like motoring three little bodies through the day Mm -hmm. um so yeah that that's kind of what I get from watching other moms do this through like the window of Instagram um and so that's why I love it right and like maybe you're in a season of just doing the grocery store with three little kids in tow a little bit better Right, and that feels like that, as big of a win yeah. as running a company sometimes. Totally, and that is an art form. There's an art it form is. to like, how am I going to separately get them out of their car seats yes. and through the parking lot safely? <laughs> right, and how many extra things cannot be on the conveyor belt by the end of the shopping trip? Exactly. You know, exactly. like, that oh, buddy, is a win. That's $25 sunscreen. We're not going to buy that today. <laughs> yes, exactly. The checkout's yeah. the worst. Their little arms can reach everything. It's so hard. Everything. It's so hard. Everything. Where can people find you online, Casey? Um, so I, most of my activity is on Instagram and it's at Hey Mama Case. Um, 
And yeah, that's basically that's awesome. it. I think moms are always looking for other really authentic, inspiring, but not in the grandiose type way, but just the real trenches of motherhood, validating the feelings in, in the season that you're in with three littles. I'm always looking for moms like that to follow, and so are my listeners. So thanks for sharing that. I always thanks ask so my much. guests just one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Um, I think I would tell my pre-motherhood self that you're going to be fine. Like if I if I had had a shot to the future and seen me in the hospital with Eddie at diagnosis, you know, that was our definitely our hardest our hardest thing we've come across so far, I would just say you're going to be fine. Like you're going to figure it out. You're going to be fine. I love it. Casey, this has been so delightful. I want to just keep talking to you forever, but you have three littles to get back to as do (laughs) I, but I just really want to thank you for taking the time. You are an extraordinary mom and I hope that you see that in yourself um, on a day-to-day basis. You're just rocking this. Thanks so much. Reminders and affirmation feel Uh, They feel so motivating, especially on hard days. So thank you so, so much for those words. Oh, you're so welcome. Have a great, great day. Thanks, you too. What a great conversation with another extraordinary mom. Gosh, Casey was so inspiring to me, and I loved how she approached her challenges and how she used them as fuel for learning lessons and entering new seasons and rhythms of life. That was so powerful to me and I hoped you like getting to know her as well. You can see cute pictures of Casey over on our website, extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Okay, I mentioned that I wanted to talk to you about Pleasant Pictures Music Club. So if you like this intro music, it was done by Pleasant Pictures Music. And the man behind Pleasant Pictures Music is The Allison Show, my best friend. It's her husband, Eric. And Eric was so nice to want to share this music club with all of you. I know some of you are creatives and you're always looking for royalty-free music. Well, we have a great opportunity for you in his music club. So let me tell you about it. Eric is a producer, a music producer, and he's created thousands of sound bites and songs just for you to access. So this incredible library of music is all royalty free. You can use them for any video, any slideshow, podcasts, anything. You cannot underestimate the power that quality music has of elevating the professionalism of your project. So no matter what you are in need of music for, check out Pleasant Pictures Music Club and you can do that at pleasantpictures.club. And I'll link to that in the show notes on ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com as well. Thanks so much, Eric, for sponsoring this podcast. And I hope that this will help you to have a resource for quality music. Coming up this Friday, we have a fabulous episode with Natalie Morris. Natalie used to be a TV news anchor, and now she is a stay-at-home mom. Once her family went from two incomes to one, she learned very quickly the new role that she should be playing in her family's finances, and that is in managing the money well and learning to grow their wealth. So we get lots of practical tips from Natalie this Friday about how to grow your money, how to use your money wisely, and how to inform yourself better about utilizing the resources you do have. So whether you're on a tight budget or you have some excess and you're looking to make some sound investments, she's going to cover it all and I learned so much. As you'll see in the episode, I was a little overwhelmed, but it gave me a lot of food for thought, and I hope that you will find it really powerful as well. So thank you so much for tuning in the podcast today, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.